We welcome you to Laurel Heights, and we always begin by asking you to open your Bible for good use. This time, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I'll read these verses along with some introductory comments to get us started this morning with Paul's statement to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I want to bring up a very simple concept we're going to work with this morning. Having the right standard. You see that right here on this page. The right standard is the written word of God breathed out by God profitable for us in every way for us to know and do what is right through faith in Jesus Christ and have good eternal hope attached to that way of life. Let me ask in the transactions and the business of your daily life, I mean in ordinary matters day to day, do you want the right standard to be applied? When you buy gas for your car, do you want the full exact gallons that you purchased? When you buy produce at Walmart or HEB by weight, you want the right standard to be used to determine what you're going to purchase. When your taxes are calculated, when you purchase a certain plot of land, when you receive your medica medication from a pharmacy, we all consider it important that the right standard be applied. Yet, to many people in our society, perhaps many of our friends and maybe relatives and neighbors, applying the right standard in religion just doesn't seem to be that important. This sermon is a response to that. I'm going to speak to us about using the right standard, and I'm going to make the case by using the right standard, the written Word of God. I'm going to start with an illustration. My father, in addition to his work as an accountant in an office, was a carpenter. He was well known in the neighborhood and among members of the church for his craftsmanship and his precision. And in his shop, among the tools of his trade, there was always a yardstick. When the lumber yard delivered wood, he checked the load with the yardstick or tape measure. It was the standard. When we measured and cut wood for a job, he used that yardstick. When giving clients an estimate, he would measure before calculating. 
And he would insist that the client watch and see that what was promised was being provided according to the standard. In all these cases, we're talking about applying a single absolute standard as a measurement. We want certainty in carpentry, in building, guesswork can turn out to be a real hazard. And now, specifically, regarding one's relationship with God, it is absolutely essential we measure everything by the right standard. God's written word is our yardstick. The standard we are to apply when measuring decisions, choices, <clears throat> relationships, teachings, practice, attitude, and people. God has not said to us, now you folks get together and have a meeting and come up with some sort of a standard that you like. God has not said to us, pick out a few leading educated people and let them work out some standard and the rest of you follow that standard worked out by those men and then, then revise it every few years. No. God has said, here is my word. It is my standard for you to use to measure everything. Further, God has said, on the judgment day, this will be the standard. Now, I want to go back and read our text again, and this time I'm going to take us into the next chapter. We're going to move into the next chapter. It will stress the importance of the standard. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience. It says preach the word. Because the word is the standard. It is the yardstick. And let me add to this what Jesus said in John 12, 48, the word will judge you in the last day. So, as you expected, the question of the hour is, what is your yardstick? How do you measure things? How do you measure yourself? How do you measure churches, people, practices, doctrines? What is your yardstick, your standard? Is it yourself? For instance, when you measure people, when you first meet someone, 
or in your attitude and your reaction to someone you know. What is your yardstick? What do you go by? Could it be in sizing people up, in forming an attitude and view of people, and in our treatment of people, we simply compare them to ourselves so that we become the standard? So if someone likes things that we like, And if they are similar to us in education and personality and habits, we favor them and we like them. If, on the other hand, they are not like us, if they talk too much or not enough, if they don't think the way we think, if their manner and opinion seem to clash with our manner and our opinions, we stay away from them. We treat them with coldness. Now, if that's what we do, If we use self as a yardstick, we're doing exactly what Paul criticized in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. We are measuring ourselves by one another. And we're using horizontal comparisons. And Paul said that's without understanding. We are accepting and rejecting people based on their similarity to us. It becomes almost competitive. And while that may be in some cases a natural thing to do, don't we agree there is a higher standard by which to measure ourselves and others? God's standard is far higher than any individually imposed standard where self rules. I think you've heard this before in the book of Isaiah in chapter 55. It says, this is God speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It brings us back to this fundamental truth. I need to use God's yardstick, believing His standard is far superior to anything I could come up with. It is sometimes called subjective judgments. When we use our likes and dislikes and moods as the standard, let's measure with God's yardstick. Are we using group or culture as our measuring standard? For instance, here at Laurel Heights, what we do as a group is not the standard for other churches to follow. We don't say to other churches, you must do what we do, because we are not the authority. We are in submission to the authority. We are to be submissive to the highest authority. How arrogant for us to say to other churches, if you'll follow us, you'll be fine and we'll recognize you. No. We are not the standard. We are under the standard. The yardstick is God's. Sometimes there is a temptation to judge people and practices based on culture. Culture being what we are used to in our lives. 
When preachers from America visit other cultures, there's often a temptation to impose Western culture in third world countries. And that's likewise arrogant. Preachers are not charged to go into other countries and change their menus and their dress and cultural traditions or political systems. When preachers travel abroad or anywhere in the country, we have one message we take to people, and that's the Word of God. We are not charged to Americanize anyone or make anyone like Texans or export the culture of the South. We preach Christ and Him crucified and call upon people to be His disciples. We use God's yardstick, not a cultural or group standard. The world cannot be our yardstick. I want you to be turning to Romans chapter 12. Here's what people often do in determining what their religious practice will be individually or as a group or in deciding what form of recreation they will engage in or how they will dress and talk and how they will use their resources. People just look around into the world. And about all these things, they say, what's everybody else doing? What's everybody else in society doing about this or that or something else? Society or the world then becomes the flawed, changeable, human yardstick and that certainly happens in religion I alluded to this already there are churches that really want to be like other churches and so they study those other churches and they watch videos of what the big community churches are doing to bring in numbers and money and they imitate what they see in the religious world the world becomes the yardstick Parents do this. Husbands and wives do this. They use what they see in the world as their standard, their yardstick. They engage in imitation. Making it necessary to remind them that God's plan for the family is superior. His yardstick is the standard to measure what we're doing. Are you there in Romans 12 with me? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see right there a very stern prohibition given by God for our good do not be conformed to the world. So what do we conform to? What is the yardstick we need to properly measure everything? Verse 2 says discerning what is the will of God. God's yardstick is His will that we have in His written Word. I'm not a good yardstick. 
We as a group are not a good yardstick. The world is not a good yardstick. God's yardstick is perfect. His will that we have in written form, we are expected to measure everything by His superior standard. To this, I want to add four other passages we're going to visit briefly just for emphasis on the concept of having the one right standard to measure everything. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith doesn't just suddenly show up in your head. Faith isn't inherited. <clears throat> Faith is a result of your personal contact and reception of the Word. The standard is the Word. And when we receive the Word and obey the Word, we are using the right standard. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, We walk by faith and not by sight. How important that is. <clears throat> if we just look around and see what the world is doing, see what other churches are doing, <clears throat> see what other families and individuals are doing, and just fall in line by imitation, we're walking by sight. If we just look at what others are doing and then engage in imitation, that's walking by sight. <coughs> God expects us to walk by faith. And that means we listen to His Word and we apply it. His Word is the standard, not us. We are submissive to the standard. And so it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will provide straight paths. We all acknowledge we must trust in the Lord. But what does that mean? It means we do not lean on our own understanding. We don't craft our own individual standard. But in all our ways, we acknowledge Him and we follow the path He has set out in His Word. His Word being the yardstick we use to measure everything. And so it says in Colossians 3.17, whatever we do, in word or deed, we do all in the name of the Lord. Here's a very simple truth. If I do not follow the word of the Lord, it can't be in the name of the Lord. Only when I follow the word, submit to the standard, can it be said, what I'm doing is in the name of the Lord. All these passages, all the other passages we could read, are about God's expectation that we use His Word 
<clears throat> as the yardstick to measure everything. So, when you fill your car with gas, you want those gallons to be authentic gallons, according to the standard. <clears throat> when you buy a pound of bananas, you want no less than a pound. When you go to the pharmacy and you receive a five milligram pill, you want that to be exact in all matters, moral and religious. In our relationship with the Creator, our obedience to Jesus Christ, our lives, our hope, there is a yardstick to measure Everything, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. As I close, I should like to introduce this thought. The concept of right living exist in two spheres, in my mind and in God's mind. Let's make certain those are not at odds. I should want my concept of right living and my practice of right living to be exactly what is in the mind of God about right living and the mind of God about right living has been revealed. This is God's yardstick that we ought to use to measure everything. Maybe as you measure your life at this moment, you've thought about the fact that now is the time for you to bring your life in compliance with God's authority in baptism or restoration, we invite that good response as we stand together to sing.